following is a message from Praise and Worship, a community of people in Branson, Missouri who are loved by Jesus and joining Him in His mission to bring love and hope to all people. For more information and for more audio and video content, visit www.branson.church. Have you guys ever seen one of these? My buddy Dennis brought this in for me, and now my hands are going to be all dirty. It's wonderful. Right? So when you shake my hand afterwards, it's on purpose. I'm giving you dirty hands. It's going to be great. This is a chain for those of you who might be listening in. And you guys know what this does, right? It's for putting things together. A couple, it's been three years ago, but I, we had a similar chain here. And it was time to bring the chain back, right? Because do you know this is the natural habitat for the human? Did you know that? This is a natural habitat for the human being. This is what we love. Have you ever noticed how it works? So, so I'm going to let this sound really like, eh, it didn't really, I was hoping for a louder sound. But, but have, you ever, have you ever like experienced this? Here's how it works. So you come and we have a great worship time and we do all kinds of things together and we sing songs and we hear about God's forgiveness and you go and you get in the car and then it just seems like, eh, nothing really happened. Or worse yet, you're told how free you are, you're told how forgiven you are, and then you immediately feel guilty. You feel ashamed. You have fear. You get anxiety. It's what we do. This is our natural habitat. Jesus comes and unhooks all the chains from us, sets us free, and off we go right back into it. Right? And this is our challenge, and this is what we want to address today. I want you to hear the Word of God for you, not just in general, not for all y'all like we were talking a minute ago, but for you right here, right now. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. We're going to put it on the screen. We're going to zoom in, and I want you to dig deep with me. Would you do that? We're going to dig deep. We're going to look at the first sentence. Please read it with me. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Firm. Then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So what's going on here is you have, it, it tells you why Jesus did what he did. It's really simple, right? We were talking at the grind last night. Sometimes people don't like it when you say the Bible clearly says, and I understand that because the Bible's filled with a lot of nuances and deep riches of story and power of what God is doing for you and for me. But sometimes let's let it just say what it says. Jesus set us free because he wants us to be free. It's that simple. He wants you and me to be free. He doesn't want you and me burdened with guilt. He doesn't want you and me to feel like God's mad at us all the time. Anybody ever here feel like God's mad at you? Go ahead and be honest. My hand is up. I don't know if you know this. Well, sometimes we feel that. Okay? I want you to know it's a lie. It is a lie from the devil, from the powers and principalities, from the sin that's in our own bodies, and from the death that permeates this planet and the universe that we live in. It is a lie because it, Jesus came to set us free because he wants us to be free. Don't go back to the chains. Don't do it, right? Just don't. And I know, it's easy for me to say. I, we told this story before, I'm going to tell it again. I was at seminary, and we were, we were all excited because they made an announcement. Everyone come to the, the auditorium because there's going to be an announcement regarding the problem of student debt. And we were excited because if there's an announcement regarding the problem of student debt, you would think maybe the announcement contained a solution, right? You would think that, right? And so we're off, to the, we're running over there, and we're just buzz in the whole campus. And we get there, and we go in, and here was the announcement. You shouldn't have debt. 
And we were like, we're so glad you're here to tell us these things. <laughs> now, the good news is they've been working for years, and now for those who are going to seminary now, they don't have to pay for their tuition. Praise God, let's keep rolling on that. And so we get more pastors, more people telling this story. That's what we need. And so that's great. But at the time, <laughs> there was no solution. And see, what I want you to know is that Jesus' message to you is not that you shouldn't have debt. And so many people believe that that's what His message is. So many people believe that what God wants me to do is stop being a bad person and start being a good person. Stop having debt. That's what we believe. All the lies of the world teach us this. And when reality, the story of the Bible is, you were dead and I made you alive. You are free. And I did everything because I love you. I would sure love it if we could live together forever. That's the story of the Bible. For you. For me. And it's this idea that we're set free, right? Freedom from, because see, like some people think they'll define freedom as freedom means that I get to do whatever I want. And there's some truth to that in specific. But that's not what this is about. Because in reality, if you think freedom is doing whatever you want, then that's actually not freedom. That's slavery. Because if I get to do whatever I want, it means that I'm going to leave here and eat a whole pepperoni pizza all by myself. And that's not going to lead to freedom. I will have a whole new kind of slavery later in the afternoon. Right? And see, this is the kind of thing. And, and it keeps going, right? And so I, that's a silly example, but I hope you understand how that applies to a great many different kinds of challenges that we have. And this is what I want you to see, is that we, we hear the words of the Scriptures and we stand firm and we do not let ourselves be burdened by, again, by a yoke of slavery. Now, he's talking about much more than pepperoni pizza or the sins that may easily entangle us. He's talking about something far more sinister, far more devious, far more problematic. He's talking about what I would like to call religion. And when I define religion here, I'm not talking about in the most wide sense, which just means any belief in God or whatever. I'm talking about those religious requirements that everybody thinks they need to have. I did not wear my alb today. I know that that upsets some people. But the idea is that's, that's a religious requirement. It's not necessary. Some people are like, what's an alb? That's another story. But the whole idea is when, when you, what you need to know is that you need to know that we, don't be burdened by a yoke of slavery. Don't think, and this is what people think, if I just had this plus some Jesus, I'll be fine. But may I just say to you, as we said last, three years ago, we spent the whole summer learning this passage, learning this, this language, and here's the language. Jesus plus anything equals nothing. If you think that you need something in order to get to Jesus or to stay in Jesus or to like have Jesus or whatever any of that is, you actually have nothing. You have slavery. If someone says to you, you just got to do these things, whatever those things are, in order for Jesus to love you, that is slavery. I want you to turn around and run the other way. Go back to freedom. If, however, there's the other side of this. Jesus plus nothing, well, that's everything. You catch that? Jesus plus anything equals nothing. But Jesus plus nothing, it's everything. Take a look at verse 3. He says, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is now obligated to obey the whole law. In other words, if you think that in order for God to love you, you have to do a religious practice, a ceremony, a certain type of music over another kind of music, 
a certain style of praying. Maybe you love to pray when you're kneeling. And if I kneel, then I can't get back up. So that's a new problem for me. Or, if, or maybe you have other kinds of things. Or maybe, like, for example, I know it's kind of weird for people. I like to raise my hands when I sing sometimes. And some people are like, dude, that just weirds me out. And I'm fine. Nobody says anybody has to raise their hands. The point is, if you think you have to do something, then you have to do everything. You have to do all of the obligations of the law. If you want to make it on your own steam, buckle up, kiddo, because here we go. Look at verse 4. He says, you who are trying to be justified by law. we got to pause there. Justified is a churchy word. We don't use it in our language very often. It means declared righteous. It means declared perfect in the eyes of God. You who are trying to be declared righteous or perfect in the eyes of God by doing the law have been alienated from Christ and have fallen away from grace. Now, some of you guys have seen uh, Spider-Man, the movie Spider-Man Homecoming, and then also the appearance of Spider-Man in Avengers Endgame. Don't worry, I won't reveal any spoilers. However, in both of those movies, there's a time when he actually, like one time it's an accidental, and the other time it's intentional, he activates in his suit kill mode or death mode or whatever it is. It's what? Instant kill mode. Yeah, he activates that mode. And like his, his, eye, his, his things on his mask, which show his eye, they turn dark and they have this red thing in here. I want you to know that as a pastor, I always preach the gospel. And the law comes along with it just fine. But right now, I'm, I'm almost never am I a fire and brimstone pastor. But right now, we're activating instant fire and brimstone mode. So I want you to know my eyes just turned red and everything's just kind of going to get a little serious for a moment. Okay, you ready? I don't ever do fire and brimstone, but you're about to hear some. If you think you can get to heaven on your own steam, you're going to go to hell. That's what this says. Okay, fire and brimstone mode deactivated. <laughs> Please hear those words, though. Look what he says. If you think you can be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. Most people think that if I sin too much, I fall away from grace. No. If you, if you try to stop sinning too much and you think that's the path out, that's actually what kills you. It's the opposite of what everyone tends to think. And it's like, why can't we go read the Bible together? And everyone's like, oh, the Bible's boring, church is boring, blah, blah, blah. That's why we're bold here at Praise and Worship. We want you to see this information. It's transformation. It gives you and me life. Because now, when you're sitting there going, feeling a little guilty, feeling a little guilty today. Let's say later on, I do eat the pepper. Don't worry, there's no pizza for me today. But if there was, and I ate the whole thing, then I'd be like, oh, I feel guilty. And rightfully so. The Holy Spirit's the one who gives me that guilt. He's like, dude, you shouldn't have done that. But it's not that kind of guilt that means God hates me now. Or that now he's going to punish me for my sin. No, that's the, th that's the kind of trap the devil wants us to be in. He's like, look, see what you've done. Look at what you've done. Look at what you've done. That's what he sits there and does. The word Satan means the accuser, the adversary, the prosecuting attorney. That's just who he is. The only time we're ever in trouble with our salvation is when we think we're the ones responsible for it. That's the only time. You know, we used to have this um, thing when we were, we had some pastors get together and say, you know, what's your greatest concern? And that's like when, I th when someone tells me that they're doing something terrible and they think it's okay. And it's like, whoops. No, because then you're, you're, trying to do, you're trying to do it on your own. You're trying to get your way to God. You're trying to say, well, I'm actually a righteous person. No, you're the child of God who's been set free by Jesus. There's an important distinction there. So, so um, a lot of people will say in our culture, 
you know, our homosexuals going to hell, our, our um, you know, whatever gender problems they might have, is that going to send them to hell? Are people who commit adultery with their wife or their husband going to hell? Are they, all these people, they have all these reasons why, it's all these sins that they love to, to say, those are the cause of everyone going to hell. No, this is the only thing that will cause you to go to hell. This is it. If you try to make it on your own. The rest of us, if we open our stash and dash rooms and we give it to Jesus, he's like, I got this. I actually died on the cross for you to set you free from all of that. Take it to him. And you know what? Take it to him again. And you know what? After that, keep taking it to him. And he will, he will take away the guilt and the burden and all those kinds of things that bend you over and he will replace it with love and joy and peace, which comes next week. So for those of you out of town, plan your trip. All right, so Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. Here's what he says. And this is the first half of chapter, verse 6. He says, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. And we always love to insert whatever you want to put in those, line, in those lanes because circumcision is not the point for you and me. It's the, what do I have to do to make God happy? And the answer is, Nothing. Everyone's like, surely there's something. And the answer is no, there's not anything. What matters? Look at the second half. The only thing that counts is, what's that orange word? Faith. Faith. Expressing itself through, what's the blue word? Yeah, and then there's a weird yellow word. We'll talk about it. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Now, it's really interesting that yellow word, which is the expressing itself through, in Greek, that's one word. It's called energeo. Right, which is where we get our word for energy. Okay? And it's, it's this idea that, that it's something that's powering something. Right? It's like this thing gives the power to do the other thing. Faith gives the power to do love. Do you see how this works? Faith works. It has power. It has energy. It motivates. It gives the ability to love. When I believe that Jesus has poured out a waterfall on me, that sets me free, that washes me clean, even on the days when I have a trouble with the pizza. And I believe that with all of my heart, and he gives me the power to do that. You know what happens that waterfall? It starts going in every direction. And it starts splashing on all the people around me, all the people around you. This is how it works. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Can we write this on our hearts? only thing that counts. Can we read this? Skip the yellow word, but you know what I mean. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. This is, Mark, are you saying? No, the Bible's saying. Please hear that. Please hear God's word. Take a look at verse 13. You were called, brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Translation for Mark, do not use your freedom to leave here and go eat a whole pepperoni pizza. Okay? Or anything else like that. Don't use your freedom for that. Keep in mind, you're still free. But why waste it on that? Why waste on going back to the slavery? Why waste on hurting yourself? Why waste on, hurt, waste on hurting other people? Rather, serve one another in love. And you're like, Mark, I don't really know how to do love. My life's been a mess. Join the club. It's called the church. Right? This is where messy people come. It's where it's supposed to be. A lot of people think church is where the good people go, and then they talk about and they judge the bad people. That's like, like that's what the traditional value of church has been. And it's like that's wrong. 
This is where the messed up people should come, like a hospital for those who believe. That's just what it is. It's what it's supposed to be. It's what we're working very hard to be. That's why I started by saying we're strange, because we're messed up people who need Jesus. And he says, guess what? Y'all are free. And I'm the one who set you free. Not you, me. Keep your eyes focused on me. Keep looking at me, Jesus says to you. And then I will show you how to do love. And you know, there's this powerful story in John 13 on the night that Jesus was betrayed. He, he grabbed this towel and he wrapped it around his waist. And he got this bowl of water and he started washing people's feet. And Peter's like, dude, what are you doing? That's a slight paraphrase. But he say, he's, he's like, you're not going to wash my feet. And he's like, unless I wash your feet, you will have no part of me. And then Peter's like, wash the whole thing, baby. Just have, knock yourself out. So, so this is what I'm, what I'm hoping you'll see, is that he then goes on to say, I have given you an example. Love your neighbor. And then this is how people will know that you're my disciples when you do that. We don't do it to earn his love. He's already given us everything. He washed our feet first. And then he says, go and do this for other people. A lot of people will say to me, you know, if Jesus would just show up on the White House lawn and have a press conference, maybe I'd go for that. May I just tell you that Jesus is standing right in front of you, and I'm not talking about me. He's sitting to your left and to your right. He's all over the place where you go. Every single person carries the Holy Spirit in their body, those who believe and trust in Jesus. And He has sent them on mission to go and do likewise. And I know that we don't like that answer. I want to go and have Him just hug me and hold me and May I just say, you should pray to him tonight and he will do that. But don't, don't discount the time that when your spouse or your parent or your friend or somebody grabs a hold of you and hugs you, don't discount that that's not, that, that person wasn't sent there by Jesus because they were. This is the plan. This is the plan all along. It's for freedom that Christ has set you free. Why? So we can love our neighbors. And you know what happens when we start loving our neighbors? The whole world changes. The whole world. You're like, well, if I just love my neighbor, what's that going to do? You would be surprised. There's been lots of attempts at this in writing to do this, but one of my favorite little quips was the guy went and helped his neighbor with his car, fix his car, and that day the neighbor went out and drove the car that was now running over to the homeless shelter where he picked some people up, got them food and clothes, and, and 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 then he ran into someone, one of those homeless people was actually someone who carried the medication for this one person who had a heart condition, and had that person not been there to take them to the other place, that guy would have died if he didn't have his heart medication. I mean, that's just one silly story that's picked out of a trillion that we could tell. Serve one another in love. And then if you ever worry about what the law is about, Galatians 5 verse 14 And notice that it's also from Leviticus 19. The entire law is summed up in a single command. And it's what Jesus said. Love your neighbor as yourself. Can we pray about that? Let's do that. Father in heaven, we're a bunch of kids who get messed up. We get focused on the wrong things. And I pray that the power of the gospel sets us free once again so that we can be free to love our neighbor. Sometimes we might feel like, wow, that's all we ever want to talk about here. But it's pretty focused from the Bible. And I ask that you would help us carry this message out into our community 
But Lord, before we can ever carry it out into the community, I pray boldly that you would remind us that we are free, that by your Spirit you would set us free every day from our guilt, our shame, our fear, our anxiety, our agitations, our frustrations, and all those things which inhibit us, that entangle us. Set us free. And let us know that you love us no matter what because you proved it when you sent Jesus to die on the cross for each one of us and he rose from the dead to defeat death itself. And we pray all of this in his mighty name, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.